Sideline Statsman here, and welcome to today's episode of the Pigskin Pulpit. On this episode, we're talking about Championship Weekend, going over both conference championship games involving the Niners and the Packers and the Titans and the Chiefs. As you all know, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers for making it on to the Super Bowl. Both teams deserved it. They fought hard, defied odds, and made it all the way. And I'm going to call this a Joe Montana Super Bowl. Joe Montana played for both teams in his entire career. And it's only fitting to call it that. For this episode, we'll be discussing the ins and outs of the game. And trying to figure out why teams lost, how did teams win. And then just picking the winner and loser for the week. See who really had the best game. After that, we'll get ready for the next episode coming up. Discussing the Super Bowl and seeing what teams can do to win. How can the Chiefs win? How can the Niners win? What to avoid doing, what to not do, and so forth. I'm not going to hold you guys back any longer. Let's get it started. Titans-Chiefs. Good game here. I know a lot of us wanted to pull for the Titans, me personally, I really did. But it only made sense that you would pick the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs, and I rooted for the Titans. And... I was hoping I was wrong, but I ended up being right, and the Chiefs did beat the 49ers. So, why did the Titans lose? Let's start with what they had to do right. The Titans had to focus on getting Henry the ball. If Henry didn't get the ball, they weren't going to win. Simple as that. And unfortunately, he got the ball, but he did not run for more than 100 yards. And they win when he runs for more than 100 yards. They've never lost the game. This game, he didn't run for over 100. And that was a big killer. Why was Henry so ineffective? That's probably the question we're all asking. Well, it's more of just miscues and the way that Spagnuolo called plays. Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, made some really strong calls. Where if if he knew it was going to be a run play, he knew exactly what set to get into. They wanted to make sure that they had two guys on the outside ready to contain. They were aiming it as if they were playing to contain the quarterback. So if he tries to run out, he can't run. They were playing in that kind of system to make sure Henry couldn't escape. So they'd bring their edge guys up to play on either side. they keep two linebackers in the middle, play with, play with two corners and one safety back, which would typically be Tyron Matthew. By using that set and modifying your plays to match that, they were able to stop Henry from getting extra yardage after getting past the first level. And you got to give a lot of credit here to Passanian, Suggs, and Clark. Frank Clark, Terrell Suggs, and Passanian had phenomenal games. They really proved to be the difference makers here. I remember watching the film on this game and just trying to figure out some of the decisions Henry made and why he did it. And immediately out the gate, when you see the handoffs, you see where he could have adjusted and audible and went to the opposite side. He didn't do it. There was one crucial play, third down. There was a third and one. 
at one point during the game. I believe it was in the third quarter. They went with the handoff to Henry on the left side. They're all shifting to the left. Protection's starting to break down, running into that side. The blocking's falling apart. And Henry decides he's going to cut and do what he usually does and try to run through the pile. Not smart. He was met by three Chiefs players. They took him down, stopped him from getting the first. So why did he do that? Well, when you watch, you see he had a small crevice or if he hadn't put his left foot down to cut and, and slow his momentum to shift it downfield, you would have noticed that if he hadn't committed to that play, it would have been a, a chance to come around the edge through the two blocks and get a first down. He didn't do that. He went to the spot where the protection was falling apart and he realized the defender would be off balance. Unfortunately, he didn't see that two guys behind him were perfectly balanced and found him, had been watching him the entire time. So it really fell on Henry by making that cut early. He could have held on longer to the route before he made that cut, and he didn't. He made a poor judgment call and just jumped up. So that's on Henry. Just one example of how Henry only finished with 69 yards on the game. And it's, it's a shame. I wish he could have done better. I wish Titans could have won. But, hey, what are you going to do about it? As for the passing game, they did everything they could. Tannehill had a good game. But what really caused the loss was the lack of protection. Look it over, and you see, although Conklin had a couple penalties called on him during the game, you watch it over. Conklin really took charge on that right side. He did everything he can to keep Chris, to keep Frank Clark from jumping around the edge. He was doing a great job. On the other end, Suggs and Chris Jones were absolutely abusing Taylor Lewan. I've never seen Lewan get that flustered in my life. It it was as if he couldn't get the right grip when he was coming up for his block. They were just they were just faster than him. It made no sense. But at the same time, it did make sense. The big play where Tannehill went through and nearly got the ball picked off, you watch again, he had three guys coming at him. Three offensive linemen failed to maintain their block long enough before Tannehill could get that ball out. And you see Clark come off the edge and find his way, and he beats out Conklin and about to wrap around and make the tackle. On the left side, coming down toward him, you see Terrell Suggs making his move. Then you see Chris Jones right next to him pushing down the other guy. And now he's got three guys trying to take him out at the same time. And it forced an inter- and it forced a near interception. Watching that play told me everything I needed to know. They didn't have the pass protection and they weren't going to win the game. Unfortunately, that was the case. And I was right. So, the Titans, it was a lack of protection, and it was just poor decision-making by Henry. Henry made some bad calls. Better play calls and better judgment, he would have had extra yardage, maybe even hit 100 yards. He would have, this game would have been completely different. As for the Chiefs, why they won, it's pretty obvious how they won. Mahomes just was dominant. Game. He proved why he was voted the MVP last year. He was making great reads on plays and just showed how just a little bit of room or separation between receivers 
and defenders can make a huge difference. The touchdown play where Mahomes threw a bullet pass to Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you guys remember that play. I believe it was in the first quarter. I see Mahomes drop back. He takes two steps, two, three steps. And the second he lands on that back foot, he puts all his weight forward and launches it right there to Tyreek Hill. By Within the first five yards, Tyreek Hill breaks off the press and is already got a couple steps on the corner. That was easy call for Mahomes. He threw it a bullet that was a little high right to Ty- Tyreek Hill, and Cheetah took it in for the touchdown. Easy call, smart handling with the ball. Now, that li- those little things really decided this game for Patrick Mahomes, for the Chiefs crew, and just for the Titans. Noticing that play ended it for me. And I think the best way to sum up this game is Mahomes' touchdown run. You've all seen it. They're already calling it the run of the century. This is what I mean. It was a perfect example of what went wrong for the Titans on defense. They missed tackles. They consistently dropped back their linebackers to cover these receivers, and it's what makes the Chiefs so dangerous. You pull your linebackers backwards to play coverage, and you don't have anybody playing close on his own spy to watch for Mahomes. Mahomes rolls out off a, th- off a four-man rush, gets around the edge, tiptoes the sideline. Two guys miss tackles right away. Now he cuts back in, and you see Tremaine Brock coming in to go make a tackle. Except he's not. He's coming in trying to rip the ball out. Tries to rip the ball out, fails. Mahomes falls into the end zone. Touchdown. So I don't think it was a great run as much as it was just poor tackling. So you guys could argue this all you want. You can get mad at me, but I'm not a fan of Mahomes' run. It wasn't a great run. Sure, he made it into the end zone. He got the touchdown off of 20 yards, dodged like three, four tackles. But that wasn't why I don't think it's the best run. It wasn't a great run because he should have been down before he crossed the first down marker. Those first two tackles cost him. And after that, Tremaine Brock making a poor decision to go knock the ball out rather than tackle him cost him as well. If he would have tackled them, they could have tried for a goal line stop and forced him to kick a field goal, which would have changed the game. But no, he went for the turnover to get the fumble, and then the Chiefs got the lead, which gave them all the momentum going into the second half. And whose fault does that come down on? It comes down on the entire defense. Again, missed tackles and attempting to force turnovers rather than just end the play with the tackle. That sums up what happened with the Titans. It was, poor, it was poor performance. Now, the simple rule here is just that the Chiefs were physical and aggressive and the Titans were more conservative than usual. And because of that, that's why the Chiefs were able to win. Let's look back now on the biggest no call of the game, which, well, not even a no call. It was a controversial call. Tremaine Brock's pass interference with about three and a half minutes to go in the game. There was a plate, there was a ball thrown to Nicole Hardman, and Tremaine Brock was covering. The ball was thrown, it hit 
it hit the back of Brock, and there was no catch. But a flag was thrown for pass interference. It was not challenged, and it was because of the rule in place that involves if you don't play the ball, which means if your back is to the football and you're focused on the receiver and you're not playing the ball, it's a pass interference. That means if you make any contact with the receiver while your back is turned, you are automatically going to be flagged for pass interference, and that's what happened. And unfortunately, that really ended the game for them and there any chance of coming back. I disagree with the call completely. And it's not that it's wrong. It's more or less that the rules need to be changed. I am tired. I am sick and tired of looking back at these games and seeing how your back turned to the receiver, or at least to the ball, which your back turned to the ball, if the and you're focusing on the receiver, keeping him from making the catch without directly impeding his ability to go for the ball. I, I don't I don't get it. I can't put this into words, guys. Tremaine Brock should not have been called for pass interference. And and I'm not saying that it's because the rule was wrong. I know what the rule is. It was the right call by textbook. But that rule needs to be changed. He had his back to the ball and was playing the receiver. I understand that. But there was no way Brock was impeding Miko Hardman's ability to catch that pass. If he's not impeding on it, it's no pass interference. That means Hardman had the chance to catch the ball, and he ran a poor route, and by turning his back at the last moment, turning around to go find this ball, at the last moment, Brock got flagged for pass interference. That is a loophole, and it is a trick that gets pass interference called every time. That rule needs to be changed and adjusted. We need to change the way we look at pass interference. I am sick and tired of this. I'm not saying the Titans deserve to win this game. I'm not saying anything else. All I am saying is Tremaine Brock should not have been flagged. If I was the referees and I was making the rules to this, that would not have been pass interference. 100%. Not pass interference. Tremaine Brock, I am sorry. You should not have been called for that. And that falls down on NFL officiating for that. But yeah, that's the summary of the game right there. This is Titans Chiefs, and good luck to the Chiefs moving forward. Let's take a look now at the Packers and the Niners. I mean, is it really worth looking at? I don't know. I don't really think so. But let's just go over it quick so you guys understand why it happened. Niners blew them out 37-20. Mostert. Blew the game away. The whole way. He was a star. 29 carries, 220 yards, 4 touchdowns. Without a doubt in my mind, Raheem Mostert was the player of the game. The reason why the Niners won. Now, can I put all the credit on him? No. The Niners won this game strictly because of how physical and strong the offensive line and the defensive line was. The whole game. I can't put anything else on anybody on, anybody on the Niners. This is not meant to offend the rest of the Niners team. But without your offensive line, your defensive line that you have, you wouldn't even be in the playoffs. I watched every single breakaway run that was at least for 10 yards for Raheem Mostert. And I am not kidding when I say the offensive line got him every single yard. The blocking from Mike Person and Mike McGlinkey, Lakin Tomlinson, 
Joe Staley. All that together combined, he was getting 10 yards every time. And that's the thing. I watched a run from Mostert going to the right side. First play from first down right there on Green Bay's side of the field. He takes the ball, runs to the right side. I'm seeing three blocks already. Mike Person is blocking one guy and pushing him all the way out to the right to open up a, a path for Mostert. I'm watching McGlinky come in, taking one guy, throw him down, move up forward, and take out another guy so Mostert doesn't have anybody chasing after him. And on the side, I'm seeing Lakin Tomlinson take another guy and push him right behind Mostert so he can't touch Mostert. He'll have to play catch-up. It was smart blocking, and it was great play calling and commitment by the line to make sure that Mostert got the yards necessary. That's why they were so successful on the ground. They arguably have the best offensive line in football. So, great job to the Niners. That was phenomenal on the offensive line side. For the defense, though, this is the reason why Rodgers lost. It's that defensive line, man. They put pressure on him every single snap. Every single snap, I'm watching Joey Bosa... No, correction, I know I made a really big mistake. I'm watching Nick Bosa come in, and he's breaking apart the edge on the side and getting past the blocker every time, putting some pressure on Rodgers. Every play, he's getting by. He was dominating. Dude's already defensive rookie of the year. I'm, there's no question. But there's other guys, too. It's not just him. I'm watching Sheldon Day. Great run-blocking defensive tackle. Great job. He's good as a run-stopper, but he was putting some pressure in there, too. Especially off the bench, he was doing a great job. Armstead. You already know about him. Armstead on the other side. Always, he could take on two linemen if he wanted to. And then DeForest Buckner. Buckner and Bosa together, you'll never be able to escape. And again, that's why Rodgers didn't have the best game. He threw two picks, for God's sake, and he had like two fumbles. Can't have that. And Rodgers did it anyway. It's not Rodgers' fault. His offensive line didn't do what it had to do. The 49ers were just too strong for the Packers. It's simple as that. The Packers need to get younger. They need to get stronger guys in there who have a high ceiling that they can break through at any point. That's what they need to focus on. Packers need an offensive line. They're getting old. Rodgers is not 25, 26 anymore. He's not as young as he used to be. They've only going to get maybe like three, four more years out of him. they got to make the most of what they have now before they have to draft another QB. So you got to build up protection now, and you got to make sure that everything is perfect for next year. So let's just hope the general manager makes a lot of decisions and gets these Packers set up for success next year. But again, the Niners, great game. And I noticed one more thing. They had an extra blocker playing. Yeah, you heard that right. The Niners had an extra blocker playing the whole game. Who was it? Kyle Juszczyk. Yes, the guy who I put on my all-decade team for the 2010s. Kyle Juszczyk has been phenomenal ever since he entered this league. Coming over from the Ravens back in 2017, this kid has been lighting up the NFL very quietly, too. 
Because, you know, fullbacks don't get a lot of attention anymore. He is the best fullback in the NFL, period. I'm watching them on every run. And whether it's a single back or they got two guys in the backfield, I'm watching the fullback go in there and just completely, entirely take on blockers and pull and push them back. I'm talking about he's taking on defensive linemen and shoving them back and keeping them from touching Moster, touching Coleman, Brita, all of them. That's what I'm talking about. There was one play I saw when Mostert broke away. There was an incredible touchdown that Mostert has. I believe it was his fourth on the day in the second half. He had run out to the left side. Juszczyk was in front. He already had three linemen on the left side. That would be Staley and Tomlinson. They were picking up blocks, shoving back about three guys. Now you got the linebacker coming up to go and squeeze through to go get Mostert. Juszczyk goes in. Pushes himself over the two linemen, like a hurdle almost, like using them as like a boost. Going through, picking up the linebacker on the block, and pushing him backwards so he cannot touch Moster. Moster gets that boost on the edge, not only gets the first down, but makes it all the way to the end zone. For his fourth touchdown on the day. Moster was unstoppable, and it was because of the blocking. check was a big difference maker. I want you to, if you watch film, if you really study these plays and these games, you'll see what I mean when I say Kyle Juszczyk is incredible. You'll understand what I mean. He's the last great fullback in this league, and I want everyone to pay attention. Four years in a row he's been put in the Pro Bowl, 2016 to today. Four-time Pro Bowl selection in a row. Don't tell me otherwise. Juszczyk is the last great fullback. So yeah, Packers really lost because they couldn't keep the pressure off of Rodgers. And then for the Niners, they were so successful because the offensive and defensive line were so dominant and physical and just destroyed the Packers on every single aspect. Now, let's move on. We've finished the games. That's our analysis. Let's jump into who had the best performance. 100%, you know who I'm going with. I'm taking Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. 29 carries, 220 yards, four touchdowns. No denying, this man deserves to be here. He left his mark and had one of the greatest rush performances in NFL history, or should I say in playoff history. So, I could easily say this 100%. I think most of it's going to be the difference maker moving into the Super Bowl now, but we'll get more into that when we get to the Super Bowl preview. And as for the worst performance, I'm going with Derrick Henry. It's a toss-up because you can go with Derrick Henry. You could go with Aaron Rodgers. It's really whoever you want to go with. If you wanted to, you could even throw in Ryan Tannehill, even though he had a good game, still. A.J. Brown you could throw in. You could throw in Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham had a good game. I'm not going to lie. Jimmy Graham had a good game. But I'm going to choose Derrick Henry strictly because he was just not there. He wasn't dominant like he was in the past three, four games. He had 19 carries for 69 yards, a touchdown, and averaged 3.9 yards per attempt. That is the lowest it has been in weeks. Now, again, nothing to do alone with Henry. It's not just Henry. It's his offensive line not helping him out, but it's also Henry not making the proper reads. Henry... 
Your decision-making in that game was poor, and that is why you were unsuccessful. It doesn't matter how physical Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Passignon, Suggs, Matthew, it doesn't matter how physical all those guys are, how much stronger they are. You have to adjust your game so that the Chiefs are not expecting what you're going to bring to the table. It's always about keeping the other team guessing. Keep going and get them to a checkmate. You were able to use your size to defeat the Patriots and the Ravens. That's fine. But the Chiefs were bigger, they were stronger, and they can match the downhill running style. So if you would adjust to be used more in the passing game on checkdowns, or if you were adjusted to be used maybe even in outside scenarios where you ran more of pitches, like sweeps, those situations would have been better off for you. But you didn't. You went with more plays that went up the gut, dives, all that. You you messed up. It was bad play calling and bad reads by, by you. It's unfortunately, I have to say that. And that's why you were ineffective. You stuck with your normal play style and you they were expecting it. If you would have changed it up, I guarantee you would have had over 100 yards again. That's all I have to say. Best performance, Raheem Mostert. Y'all already know why. Incredible game. Worst performance, Derrick Henry. Sorry, man. I still believe you're the best running back in the league, but you you got to have a better game than that. So that's going to do it. That's championship recap right there for you, conference championships. Again, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes in Miami, February 2nd. Can't wait to watch that game. I'm telling you, going to be a slugfest between these two units, something you do not want to miss. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at tstatsman and on Instagram at the.sideline.statsman. We'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Oh, 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 oh